Praise the Lord. Turn around, just greet each other in a wonderful name. God bless you. Good to be here. Amen. Stavro, I sent you something on WhatsApp. You got it? Yeah, okay. God bless. Amen. It's good to be here. First of all, let me congratulate. Amen. The new Mr. and Mrs. Tehran. That's Rebecca and Rivers. Amen. Congratulations. God bless you. It was a blessed, blessed day yesterday. It was good gathering together and celebrating what God is doing. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. I want to welcome Reverend uh, Sean as well. Let's give an apostolic welcome to Reverend Sean. Any visitors come here for the first time, you're welcome. We're on a journey, and we know God's got a big plan for our lives. And also our sports ambassador, Ezra, is in the house as well, so good to have you here. From He travels quite far from Nottingham to come here, so it's good to have him here with us today. Amen. God bless. And anyone else traveled far and wide, you're welcome. God bless you. Amen. Are you ready to rumble? <laughs> God bless. I'd like to invite my usual readers to come up to set the tone for today's message. Amen. That's Haley and Leah. Praise God. Make them feel comfortable because when they stand and look at you, they freeze. It's like rabbits in headlights. Amen. God bless you. Leah, you can go first. Thanks. Morning, church. I have Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a, God a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were made not of things which are visible. Bless you. Good morning, church. Um, I will be reading from Mark uh, 10, verse 10, 46 to 52. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that he was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbani, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he re received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Interesting passages from the scripture, beginning with faith. Faith is very important. It's the foundation that we build our lives upon. Amen. We exercise faith every day. You entrust. Faith means you entrust yourself to some other power or some other thing and so forth. I mean, when you, when you board a bus, you're trusting the driver, his qualifications or her qualifications, whatever the case is. Or you get on an aeroplane. You don't ask for the pilot's credentials, do you? You just step by faith and you're praying all the way till you get to your destination sometimes, especially if there's turbulence. In life, there is turbulence, I can tell you. Metaphorically, we go challenge. We have challenges every day in our lives on different levels, different ways. One person's challenge may be small to someone else. Someone's small challenge may be big to someone else. Everyone has challenges to go through in life. And we're all here, the church is here, to help us build up, build our faith that we can overcome whatever storms we encounter in life. And sometimes storms are necessary. 
they help us grow. Adversity sometimes helps us develop our mindset, our outlook, understanding. And in fact, adversity oftentimes helps us humble us. I hope I'm speaking to someone. The Apostle Paul, he had so many revelations, but God wanted to humble him because he can be proud in himself. So he put a thorn in his side. He said, look, he said, remove it. He says, no, I'm, keep, I'm keeping it there in order to humble you. Sometimes you work in a place and there's someone you don't get on with in your, in your work uh, environment. Have you ever encountered that? Everything you do, they contradict you and things like that. You feel uncomfortable. You don't like, you wanna, you'd rather that person leave, but God leaves that person there to help you develop yourself. It's the chisel that shapes us to make us what we should be, not what we want to be. Because often when we, we want to be something, but what we want to be sometimes is not what God wants us to be. So we encounter different obstacles in life. So praise God. So let's take this journey today. See what's happening here. Discover through the life of Bartimaeus and how we can relate it into our lives and rise above whatever challenges we have to leave here today and say, you know what? I'm taking control of my life. I'm making the decisions for myself because the people around Bartimaeus told him to quiet down. But he shouted the more and he shouted louder because he didn't succumb to the peer pressure around him. And that's very important that we stay focused to what's right, what's good. Not necessarily what people approve of, but what God desires in us. Praise God. It's a very interesting passage. And we see there's a few things mentioned here. The word Bartimaeus means son of pollution, son of the unclean. And that's the condition, I, I believe, or what the Bible tells us, that Jesus came into the world in a place of pollution, uncleanness, not pure. He came to deal with that, to transform it. But it was a divine exchange. He came to take the pollution of the world upon himself and give us his purity. That's called the divine exchange. He died that we can live. He afflicted himself that we can be healed. Yeah, praise God. And that's how Jesus operates. That's the way the Lord was moving. And interestingly, he went to a geographical place. The place he went through and visited is a place called Jericho which means that the etymological word, meaning of that is a place of fragrance. It represents the cities, the world, yeah, the carnalities of the world. And that's the, that's the great fortified city that the Israelites, when they crossed over from the, from the East Bank to the West Bank in the, at the Jordan, the first city they overtook, they conquered and brought down was Jericho. And Jericho represents the stands metaphorically as a fortified uh, 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 prison that we we sometimes struggle with in our lives it speaks about adversity it speaks about oppression it speaks about fear it speaks about we're incarcerated we're imprisoned sometimes in our jerichos and god wants to break us out of the jericho of our lives sometimes jerichos jerichos not only keep people out they close us in yeah and Jesus goes through, makes it part of his mission to pass through Jericho, revisit Jericho, because Jesus is our Joshua. I wish I'm speaking to someone today. And perhaps you may find yourself in the Jericho of your life, you know, oppressed, depressed, possessed, whatever the case is, God today wants to liberate us. And people watching live stream, God wants to set you free. And if the sun sets you free, you will truly be free indeed, praise God. I just want to show you a map. I sent it to Stavros to show you the geography. So you have a visual, uh, you know, perceive it visually to see it, to see the geography where Jericho is in relation to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a higher plane. It's quite high up. And if you look at Jericho at the bottom where the Jordan is, it's right next to another place, another sea. You have the Sea of Galilee, which goes through flows into another sea called the Dead Sea. And Jericho is situated right near the Dead Sea. 
because it implies in that place there's death. And in fact, Jericho is mentioned in the parable of the Good Samaritan. And it's mentioned in this way. It says, Jesus said, there's a man left Jerusalem going toward Jericho. And on the journey toward Jericho, he fell among thieves. Yeah? And they stripped him, robbed him, and left him half dead. And when you turn away and start going to this place called Jericho, which we romanticize about things in the world, what we desire for ourselves, in whatever, whatever however, it's a rhetorical uh, uh, statement or question, whatever the Jericho means to us, sometimes it implies uh, uh, diminishing our identity. And this, 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 this passage, what Jude, the parable says, he left Jerusalem going towards Jericho, meaning he leaves God and goes towards the world. Worldly mindsets. And there we, we, we make ourselves vulnerable to powers beyond our control. I wish I'm speaking to someone today, praise God. So this, this is interesting. So the place, Jericho, is a very interesting place. In fact, Jericho is also mentioned in Luke chapter 19 with another citizen of Jericho by the name of Zacchaeus. This Luke chapter 19, verse 1 reads as follows. Very quickly, I just wanted to set the tone for the message. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. He entered, he didn't stay in Jericho, he passed through. And the reason he passes through is to invite all who are in the Jericho to leave the Jericho of their lives and follow him where he's leading them to. That's where he says, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And you notice in the passage we read in Mark chapter 10, that when Bartimaeus received this sight, what did he do? He followed Jesus, because Jesus wants to take us out of our prisons, out of the strongholds around our lives, out of our own preconceptions, and whatever entangles us, he wants to break those cords and help us set free to follow him where he's leading us. Praise the Lord. Amen. So coming back to our passage, very interesting. I'm just setting the tone for today's message. We see that... uh, as he passes through, the blind Bartimaeus man realizes that Jesus was passing through. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, a great multitude blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. Amen. And it's similar to the condition of humanity, whatever we're begging for, you know, begging for attention, begging for appreciation, begging for all sorts of things, plaudits. Humanity begs for, for be, to, 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 to be, be uh, recognized in some way. We want plaudits. We want decorations. We want all these things. That's a different form of type of bed. These are metaphorical expressions in the gospel. But that's what often we, we yearn, we beg for, for love. We beg for, for attention. We beg, we beg to be commended. You know, all these things, the human condition, the sensual man wants to gratify him or herself, whatever the case is. And so he's sitting by the wayside begging. And we're told, and when he, had, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Interesting. So he calls out for Jesus. He can't see Jesus, but he's calling to Jesus. And I pray, my, my prayer is that the world will seek Jesus whatever condition they find themselves. He couldn't see, and he was calling out for Jesus. Yeah? And I pray our prayer today is to call out for Jesus, to get his attention. And something, something about Bartimaeus, his attitude, you see, there's multitudes around Jesus, but the only one, interestingly, mentioned by name, is the polluted one called Bartimaeus. He's recorded, it's memorialized in the script, his name, is standing in time immemorial. His name will be in the book until the Lord comes in glory. And even beyond that, 
because of his attitude, the way he cried out to Jesus. He didn't have a head knowledge, a lip service. It was from the depth of his heart. He, was he couldn't see. He had his handicapped. He had his limitation, but he still cried out. Meaning that nothing should stop us crying out to, unto the Lord to get his attention. And something about that cry caused Jesus in the midst of all those multitudes to stand still. And Bartimaeus began to cry for Jesus. But at the end, Jesus started to cry out for Bartimaeus. I wish I'm speaking to someone. So when you're crying to the Lord from the depth of he hears your, doesn't matter how many people around you. There might be a wall of people around you. But if you're crying from the depth of your heart, God will transcend all that and meet you at the place of your need. In fact, he'll take you from where you are and bring you to where he is. Yeah? We see that oftentimes in the scripture. The woman in the synagogue, she was bent over for 18 years. And Jesus called her, said, bring her over to me. Because God will take you out of your situation to bring transformation in your life. Praise God. But you've got to be bold enough and tenacious enough to accept that invitation. And make the, make the effort to get to him. Whatever cost, get to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. If you look around the world, the landscape, you know, there's madness all over the place. But we know God is still in control. So uh, he's crying out to Jesus. And I pray today we are crying out. Unto the Lord, we are seeking his direction. We want him to meet us at the place of our need. Praise God. It's powerful. Amen. God is doing amazing, amazing things. And we discover that uh, Jesus begins to call blind Bartimaeus. And they, they first, initially, they try to quieten him. But once Jesus begins to respond and acknowledge him, they have to succumb to Jesus' invitation. And they call. They, they say he's calling you. So what does Bartimaeus do? And I want to just look at this very in quite detail because it's very, very important. We see that in verse 50, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. It's interesting. Why does it mention, include that verse? And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Because... That implies that oftentimes there are things that hold us back from coming to Jesus. And we need to sometimes let go of the, we think something's holding me, but oftentimes we're holding things that hold us back from coming to God. And whatever it might mean, it might be an emotion, it might be unforgiveness, it might be anger. These are all metaphors. Something holds us back from truly coming to Jesus. In fact, when Moses uh, was encountered the Lord in the wilderness, in the deserts of Sinai, and he saw the bush burning but not being consumed, and God calls to him, and first he says to him, take the sandals off your feet, because the ground you tread on is holy, meaning you need to take something off before you can truly come to me, because if you've got that, that whatever you have on you will sometimes mar or blur your, your spiritual vision, and you, or, or, you, or you'll, it'll impact your hearing. You won't be able to really connect and, and take on board what I want to say to you. So something has to come off. We have to let go of things in order truly to come to the Lord. 
And what is this, we're told, he threw aside his garments. What does that mean spiritually for us or for the disciples? Because before they came to him, he told them something has to come off. And what was that thing that had to come off? Ego, me, myself, and I. He said, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Meaning you need to let go, throw aside the things that weigh you down. Whatever weighs, whatever burdens weigh you down, throw them aside. There's nothing in the world that's more important than your spiritual well-being. And people confuse that. They think, if I have this, and if I have that, and if I achieve this, and if that will make me a whole person, that will make me happy. No, it will not. Because if you're depending on things objectively outside of yourself to make you happy, I'm telling you, I'm prophesying to you, I'm declaring to you, you are going to be the most miserable person in the world. If other people are going to make you happy, forget about it. Humanity can never be satisfied. Once you, when you have one thing, that won't gratify. You want the other thing. If you have a small car, you're going to want a big car. If you've got a big car, you're going to want a bigger car. You can never, you want the latest version. Wow. And the world knows this psychology. That's why they update everything every year. You've got the new this phone, you've got the new that car, you've got the new this thing, you've got the new this gadget, because everything, know that we'll never be satisfied, we want something, we have it for momentary, it's a momentary thing, and that's how they, that's what they made love, a momentary thing, we jump out of relationships as we change a pair of, of socks, no one's gratified, and this is what the world, this is how we're conditioned, and we need to step out, set ourselves free, throw aside the things that weigh us down, and move on to serve the purpose of God, praise God. Now Jericho, where he was, when Joshua, our Joshua in the Old Testament, went through it, he brought those walls down, the walls of Jericho down. And the walls of Jericho represent uh, limitations in our lives. And the Lord wants us to, he wants to help us come oh, overcome those walls. Perhaps you're behind the wall at the moment. You can't see a way forward. You've come to a dead end. You cannot see a way forward. There's either three ways God is going to help you get through that wall. Get around. One way he's going to help you, he's going to bring the wall down. How did the walls of Jericho come down? By the shout. Well, look what, look what Bartimaeus was doing. He was shouting. You get that when you get home. And when he shouted, that wall that blocked his, his, his vision or whatever, he was blind, but blocked his spiritual vision to the Lord, that came by the shout. He shouted louder and more, and that wall came down and got the master's attention. And then it was Jesus calling him to come to him. Yeah? So that's one way. The walls, God can bring those walls down through your shout. The shout implies prayer, worship, praise, whatever it might be. Last week I spoke about Job. When he had all that bad news, what did he do? He shaved his head, rent his clothes, and he worshipped, meaning prostrated and worshipped. He said, God has given and God can take away. And I withheld back giving the full entire revelation of what was going on there. In the plan of God's master plan, the economy of eternity, I held it back last week. Because sometimes we're not ready to receive the depth, width, length, and height of the Word of God. We're not ready. We're not in that position. We haven't thrown away that garment that we cannot see. Because Job's children had, had the opportunity to rise again. You get that when you get home. When Jesus rose from the tomb, on the third day, after he rose the third day, the saints from the Old Testament came out of the graves and appeared to many in the holy city. How do you account for that? Who were those saints of the Old Testament? Identified the families of the patriarchs. 
I'll, I'll talk about that another time. But I couldn't speak about it last week. Okay? Because God's word is greater than the grave. He went to the tomb and the grave had to give up Lazarus. Jesus' voice was greater than death. He says, Lazarus, come. Death could not hold him because God gave them instruction. And when God speaks into your life, come hell or high water, the world has to succumb and bow down to the authority of the master creator himself. When God speaks, everything has to stand still and be still and be silent. God's voice is above everything. Hallelujah. So we see, so the first thing is that when we shout and we praise, walls come down. But, the, but we in the Western world, we're, we're encouraged to be quiet. In churches, everyone's subdued, very conservative. You can't lift your hands. Be, wow, you can't. But God is saying, shout. Don't worry about the people. You shout. You're shouting for me. You're not shouting for people. You know, if you go to a football event or a sports event or a boxing event, people are shouting. And it's just for a temporary medal. But when you have God, it's eternal. Give a shout to the Lord. Praise God. Which is very important. And those strongholds come tumbling down. Hallelujah. And that's prayer. That's what we speak about prayer. Another way that those walls come tumbling down, you can get through that wall, is run through it. God gives you power, superpower, super strength to run through those walls of your limitations. You break through, become, you become a superhero. You bulldoze that wall down. Power. Hallelujah. Ain't no stopping me now, the song goes. I used to have a little ringtone on my telephone. I didn't know whether to answer the phone or dance to it. <laughs> Ain't no stopping us now, praise God. That's amazing, which is powerful. But another way God helps us, he helps us leap over the wall. And David, when he had these adversities, and he had these affliction, and he had these opposition. He prayed to the Lord. And Psalm 18, this is what I'm saying. Have these set these as a foundation for you, as a, as a, as a, as a landmark for you, the word of God to empower you in, in Psalm 18. This is what David says. And, they, and I want to just read the heading of it. The, to the chief musician, the Psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day that the Lord, what? delivered him from the hand of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, now this is at the time when God delivers him. He celebrates. He celebrated God in the good times and in the bad times, praise God. Hallelujah. And that's what we need to do. Don't just celebrate God. You don't just like someone when they're giving you something. You like them in irrespective. If you're only going to be a friend to someone because they can give to you, you're not a true friend. You're not a friend. You've got to love people in the good times and in the bad times. When they can stand for you, when they have difficulties, you still love them in their difficulties as they should love you in your difficulties. Come on. And so David lifts up this song. And he said, I will love you, O Lord. My I will love you, O Lord, my strength. He didn't give up, he didn't give up his faith in God. He loved the Lord in spite of Saul's opposition. Wanted to kill him through jealousies. And then, but this is the verse I want to come to, uh, verse 29. This is the verse, very important. It says this. So we see when the Jericho, if you have a Jericho wall around you, take, take courage. God is, God is on your side. Verse 29, 18, 29 says this. For by you, I can run against a troop. By my God, I can what? Leap over a wall. Ain't nothing going to hold you back. Ain't nothing going to hold you down. By your God, you're going to rise. 
Hallelujah. Whatever comes against you, you're going to rise. When a flood of, of opposition comes against you, you're going to rise, praise God. That's your, that's your portion. That's your heritage. Hallelujah. That's for you. That's for us, praise God. That's what the Lord is saying. So irrespective whether you bulldoze the wall, whether you leap over the wall, whether you shout, it comes down, whatever happens, it's going to come down. It's going to give. Whatever's standing in front of you, stopping, blocking your way forward, it's going to give. Whatever it's people, they're going to move out the way like the sea, the Red Sea parted. It's going to part, going to come out your way. You're going to move forward. Hallelujah. This is the portion. This is, God, this is God's people's portion. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because we have our Joshua. Incidentally, just for just for exegesis, reasons this morning, explanation, just to say the first time um, uh, Joshua's name is mentioned is in Exodus chapter 17 verse 9 in relation to where, where, where Moses, God speaks through Moses say to, uh, to call Joshua to, to choose men to fight against Amalek. And this is uh, Exodus chapter 19 verse 7. It says, and Moses said to Joshua, now this, this word, the name, he uses the word Joshua, but the Greek, the Greek uses this word for Joshua. Jesus. Okay, if you, ha- if you put it up high, can you highlight it, please, just very quickly? Jesus, okay? Watch that word, how it's spelled. Jesus. Jesus, actually. Jesus. is Jesus. The Greeks translate the name Joshua before Jesus came. This was translated before Jesus came. They translate it to the name Jesus. Jesus. Now, it says, choose us some men. What did Jesus come and do? He chose some men, the apostles. I chose you, you did not choose me, Jesus said to the apostles, if I'm correct. Choose Jesus. Now look in the New Testament when it speaks about who uses Jesus' name. In, in Matthew chapter 1 verse 1, when it speaks about the genealogy of Jesus, it says this. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Watch how it's spelt. Jesus. Watch, watch. Just highlight it. The same as the name Joshua in the altar, because he is our Joshua. Means God saves, and he's the one who saves us from ourselves. Forget about anyone else. He can save you from an army around you, but he cannot save you from yourself. Hallelujah. He cannot stop you doing something opposing his will, opposing what's good for us. And that's what Jesus came to do, praise God. So praise God for the example of Bartimaeus that shouts, and we need to shout today, praise God. Get your vocals ready. Hallelujah. And it was at the sound of the trumpet that they shouted, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so Jesus calls him to himself then, and he throws off his garment and he comes to the Lord. Let's go of things. And I encourage everyone today, let go. Whatever holds you back, let go. Let it go. Stop holding on to it, praise God. Because nothing can hold on to you unless you allow it. You reciprocate whatever powers that be around your lives, praise God. So let's move, let's move forward with the leading of the Lord, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And you know, the Lord meets people in different ways. Interestingly, the, the, he met blind Bartimaeus, he was passing, leaving uh, Jericho, coming, passing through Jericho. And Bartimaeus is shouting himself, calling for him himself. And sometimes God meets us in that way. God is diverse the way he encounters people in the different situations. But at other times, other people call for Jesus' help and attention for their friend who's blind. Hallelujah. In Mark chapter 8, verse 22, we're told this. Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him. So these now, in this a different situation, different encounter, 
Different narrative. They bring a blind man to Jesus this time. And they ask Jesus to heal, to give sight to their friend. It wasn't the friend himself who's calling out for Jesus. It's his friends bring him to Jesus. And perhaps you have someone in your life, not physically blind, or even maybe whatever the case is, that you can bring them to the attention of Jesus. How do you do it? Through your prayer. I bring before you, Lord, bring an opportunity for my brother, my sister to come to, to know truth, to be free from their fears, their anxieties, their problems, their challenge. Help them through their lives and help set them free. You can do that. You can stand on behalf of your, of your friends, your family, and so forth. It doesn't mean you're going to save them, but they have to make their decision. But give them an opportunity to know the truth that they may be set free, praise God. That's another way. So they bring him and they say, and begged him to touch him. Just touch him. Hallelujah. And then there's another way that Jesus encounters blind people in need with the man in John chapter 9, where he passes by and this time Jesus initiates the, the connection with the blind man, the interaction with the blind man. The blind man's just standing, minding his own business, oblivious to everything. He can't see anyway. And he's begging by the wayside. He was bringing blind from birth and Jesus stops and there's a theological discussion between his disciples and himself about why this man is blind questions we ask and Jesus says look you may not know all the details but I can tell you just one thing this man's blindness is to show the glory of God so sometimes we're going for a challenge we may not understand the details but we know the outcome will be glorifying God oh. they said was it his sin or was it his parents' sin that he was born blind? They were, they were talking, they were, it's like philosophical dialogue, the discussion they were having with Jesus. And the questions we ask, why is this person suffering and that person not suffering? God knows the reasons. We don't know the answer. All we're called to do is to be loving, be merciful, merciful, be compassionate, be encouraging. That's all we're called to do. We're not called to, to analyze why that situation is there fully. We might learn from it. But we're not called to Hannah. When the, the good Samaritan passed through uh, on the Jericho Road, he saw the man afflicted, wounded. He didn't want a resume about him. Didn't want to know about his ancestry. His dress code would have been enough to know he was Jewish. Because there was a, a type of way you dressed. And all he did was have compassion. He didn't want a big, he didn't want a contract with the man. I'm going to help you, but if I help you, you've got to remember this. And all the time when you, when you talk about yourself, you're always going to mention me. He didn't say that. When we do something for someone, we want plaudits. We want everyone to memorialize what we've done. But Jesus does it without a condition. Hallelujah, praise God. So the man who was born blind, Jesus himself initiates and intervenes in that situation. The man didn't ask for anything. His friends didn't ask Jesus. He didn't ask Jesus. Jesus found him at the place where he's, because there might be something in his heart. He might be in a man of prayer. And waiting for his redemption. We don't know. The scripture's silent. But importantly, it shows that Jesus intervened and, and, and met that man at his need. But he didn't just meet him at his need. And I said this last week at the service. We had the, the Thanksgiving service at, um, at Croydon. Where was it? Where was I last week? I forgot where I was. Is it Croydon? Croydon, yeah. Because the week before was somewhere else. Anyway, uh, and I, I said, he messed him up. He messed him up. Just minding his business. He puts mud in his face. And he says to him, right, go and wash yourself. What? I'm just minding my mind, you're messing me up and I'm going to go. And it's the kind of thing, you know, it's amazing. The divine contradiction, if you like. It's, it's, uh, it's strange how Jesus sometimes, not conventional. 
And we want God in a box. He's got, God's got to do this. We've got to cross the T's and dot the I's. Thou as God says this and that, whatever, you know. And people sometimes in church are so subdued. And I said this last week. I said uh, years ago when a minister went to uh, uh, one of these uh, traditional churches, everyone was very somber, very quiet, reserved, you know, very serious. And the pastor said to the vicar, he said, you know, vicar, when the Lord comes back in glory, your church will be the first church to rise. He says, why is that? Because the dead will rise first. He said, <laughs> So there's different ways that Jesus meets us. And he's meeting you personally today in different ways. One portion of scripture might resonate with you more than another portion of scripture. But nonetheless, it's the same God that's meeting you at your place of your need. Praise the Lord. And so Bartimaeus is calling Jesus. Jesus responds by calling him. And that's what happens. It's a dialogue, two-way conversation. That's what God loves. He wants a two-way conversation with you. Don't hold back from praying to It doesn't matter how many people are around you. You pray to God. Hallelujah. Amen. doesn't matter. You pray to God. And God will meet you at that place. So throwing aside his, his garment, we read in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says this. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witness, that's all the people proceed that's gone past over, praise God, our family members, our friends, our brethren and Lord are in the great cloud of witness. Let us, it says, lay aside every weight. What is weighing us down now from coming truly to Jesus? You know, you, to, the, to actually find out the value you place on something is reflected in what you, the cost you, you put on that thing. If you think something is valuable, what cost you put on it? What efforts you put on it? That's what it's about. And, and, and we, we can confess with our mouth we want to serve the Lord. But if our priority is everything else but God in our everyday life and not him be central to our life, we need to, it's like, it's like the planets go around the sun, but oftentimes before they thought the sun went around the planets. It's the, it's the view of creation you have. If you think God is going to just go around you, that's one thing, but you need to go around God. It's, God needs to be central. You're not central to God. God is central to you. It's the perception we have of God. And we put God central in our lives. We have nothing to worry about. Yeah? Because God is the author of everything, praise God. We don't want just the gifts. We want the giver. Because if you've got the giver, you've got the gifts. Yeah? So we want God in our lives. We need to be central to our lives. Praise God. So we need to lay down all the things that weigh us down, that hold us back from really having a true relationship with God. It doesn't mean we do not rejoice. I celebrate life. I'm involved in so many different things in life. In fact, I leave here today. I'm, being, I'm going to be judging a boxing show in Dagenham after. I celebrate because I'm with people. And the gospel's been about around people. It doesn't diminish my life. It adds to my life. I celebrate life in God. Hallelujah, praise God. Because I know my, my eternity is secured in him. I'm not, I'm not living by chance. I'm not rolling a dice and saying, I'm guessing what's going to happen to me when, when this life is over. I know it's eternal. Hallelujah. And I celebrate. So what I do, I do it the best of my ability, praise God. And whatever we do in life, do it to the best of your ability. Don't just do it hard, half hard. It, whatever, if you're a road sweeper, be the best road sweeper. That's what Muhammad Ali said. Whatever I will do, I want to do the best of my, I want to be the best in whatever I do. Don't just do it, just get by. Do it the best. Learn what it means to do whatever you do. I, in my qualifications, keep going on, keep going on. I need a, a whole 
A4 page to write them down because I, I, I learn in life. You've got to learn in life. But oh, most importantly, it's be connected to people. You, you see people from different walks of life and you've got to be able to relate to different people in a loving way, in a compassionate way, in an encouraging way to help when you leave their presence. They're rejoicing that you've, they met you. Not when you leave their presence, they say, thank God he's gone. <laughs> so don't let anything hold you back. Believe me, take that thing off today, whatever it is. It might be a thought, it might be some a goal you have in life that really is not really beneficial to you. Whatever it is, just let it go and follow the Lord's leading. And so he asked, Jesus asked him the question, and interestingly, why would you ask a person who's blind what you want? Because sometimes it's not obvious what we want. Sometimes we, 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 we sometimes romantic, we, we sometimes celebrate our, 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 our what we the problems we have which we like to talk we won't have anything to talk about if we don't have problems and he said what do you want me to do for you in the same way jesus goes in the pool in john chapter 5 with five porches says he says um do you want to be made well it's you know it's, it's it should be obvious you're you're there in the doctor's waiting room of course you want to be maybe you don't want to be made well maybe you're hypochondriac yeah maybe you don't want to be made well and uh, he says, what do you, he says, and he responds, that I may receive my sight. Fine. But amazingly, the way Jesus responds to him is so profound, so amazing, because Jesus made the profound statement in response to, to his, his, um, his, 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 his request. He says to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. He didn't say, I've healed you. He said, your faith has made you well. There's power in faith. Your fact that you, you activated your faith by calling me. Yeah? You activated your miracle by coming to me. But the fact, virtue of the fact you believed in me, your faith has made you well. Now, you know, there's something called placebo. Who's heard of the placebo effect? Hands up. Who's heard? Right. And this is factual, this is scientific. Even the doctors use the placebo to work out their medication, whether it wor works or it does not work the potency of their medication. And I've got a few, a couple of minutes video to show you how the placebo works and how faith is so important in life because your mind does not have the capacity to tell what's right or what's wrong. You can fool yourselves to do things by how you believe, yeah? But what, the, 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 what's greater is if you believe in God, that faith is greater than any placebo, anything in the world. I want to just show this very quickly. Did you edit it, by the way? Yeah, thank you. Go on. We just put it. Yeah. The Lord. Okay. Now that is actually scientifically proven. It's not myself speculating or making it up as I'm going along. And it shows the power of faith. Yeah. Praise God. And so I want to help you develop your faith. And what we did this morning is helping you develop your faith by ref my references to the scripture, how the Lord inter interacted with people, his response to people, and challenged them, put it over to them. It's your faith. You've got power. I've created you with so infinite possibilities, but you limit yourself because you're conditioning how you're thinking, that you're, you're behind the wall. Now, I want to bring that wall down, but you've got to help me bring the wall down. You've got to, you've got to act. You've got to respond. It's co-working with him to bring the outcome. He says, your faith has made you well. He says, you've worked with me. And we've got to work with God. You cannot just come to church once a week or whatever and go home and leave your, put everything aside. It's got to be an every a lifestyle. It's the same with sport. It's the same with music. You can't just play an instrument, learn to 
play an instrument one day every month. You've got to be doing it consistently on a daily basis. Read a few scriptures daily. And this is what Paul tells us to help you grow your faith. It says this, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this. So then faith, what does it comes By hearing, and by hearing what? Not by hearing the junk, the tabloids of the world, or watching your soap operas, your newsreels. That won't create, that won't develop your faith. Yeah? But reading the word of God in a positive way, it'll help grow your faith. And if we lack faith, we ask God to help us strengthen our faith. There was a man whose son was demon-possessed, and the apostles actually couldn't deliver the boy from the demon possession. And he went to the Lord, and the Lord delivered the young man. And he and he's challenged him. He said, this type of, of demon cannot come out outside of prayer and fasting. You've got to have your effort. You've got to work it. We've got to work our faith. It's like, it's like exercise our faith. In everything, like you exercise your body, exercise your spirit. And this is what this is the conclusion. This is what the man, how the man responded to Jesus when Jesus said to him, All things are possible unto those who believe. Watch this in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. It says this. Then Jesus said to him, If you can believe, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, if Jesus said that, and the word of God has stood the test of time and proven, ne- never been able to be disqualified, but actually qualified that Jesus had changed the world. We've got to take Jesus, we've got to take Jesus' words seriously and, and place importance on them. So if Jesus said that all things are possible to him who all things to him who believes, we must embrace that and start exercising our faith that we have the right outcomes in our life to overcome whatever challenges we have. Because it, immediately the father responds and said this. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. My belief is limited, in other words. Help my unbelief. Help the areas that I doubt in. Help the areas that I struggle. Help me in the areas... I have difficulty in. Help me, strengthen me, praise God. And that's our prayer. We need to lift that prayer to God. If we have a weakness somewhere, the only one who can strengthen us and help us through that is not me, not the people around you. The spirit and power of God working in you can transform you, form you. It becomes a dynamite. Hallelujah, praise God. So that's what I'm going to encourage you. Go exercise your faith today, praise God. Look at the example. The the medical profession used placebos based on faith to see whether tablets work or not we have God who transcends all this praise God so all things are possible unto them who believe let's stand together praise the Lord let's give the Lord a clap offering this is the day the Lord has made Solomon tells us for as he thinks in his heart so is he as you think that's what you become so start thinking good about yourself. Start thinking the positive about yourself. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Hallelujah. Praise God.